0: hey matt hey mark what's up man
1: good good you
0: yeah pretty good it's been a couple weeks now
1: yeah seriously yeah we slacked off last week huh? yeah oh
0: my god some sometimes you just don't have anything to say you're too full of shame to actually say anything <laughs> as was my case that's for sure
1: yeah i mean i yeah i was i was gone camping the week before so mm-hmm. When you said, "Hey, I have no updates," <laughs> I was like, "Yep, neither do I."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing they don't tell you about doing a weekly podcast is like seven days is not that many days, uh, especially if you're not working on the weekends, like I, I do.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's it's amazing how yeah, like how little you get done in a week. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, then you then you take four days off to go camping. It's like. You really got nothing done. You super
0: don't have anything to say. So I've definitely been having problems working as I alluded to. Uh, My momentum, my momentum updates have been going great so far. I've been doing at least an hour a day and I just like fell off the wagon hard, man. I sold all my hours. I gave them all up to freelancing. Normally I bill between 20, 25 hours a week, something like that. And, I think I built like 55 hours or something last week. Um, Ouch. Yeah. So I had a couple of bummer days where I came home and was like, wow, I feel like a piece of shit. I, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do the thing that I was meant to do. So I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that and why I fell off the bandwagon and why it's so hard to get back on. One of the things I kind of came to was I realized that, you know, for the freelancing I'm doing, a bunch of people joined the project uh there were setup issues, environment issues, coordinating efforts because we're remote. Um, we're async for the most part, but, you know, making sure that people have clarity into what the goal is so that they, the issues we give them make sense, making sure things are fleshed out. And I realized that like, I just, I tend to take a lot of ownership over my work and the things surrounding my work. So I kind of feel like I got to take, the ball here and take the initiative to make sure that everybody has what they need. And that leads me to kind of take on this leadership role. And I become a bottleneck very quickly because I want to control everything and I want people to have a better understanding of things. Uh, and if you're waiting on me for code review or for requirement straightening or to have a meeting about how something should be architected, like I have that sense of ownership and I, I get anxiety when I step away because I, the, wor- the last thing I want is for somebody to be bottlenecked um, or blocked or to have work cycles get wasted, Ugh, man, that really bugs me. So it makes me a poor freelancer <laughs> because like, it would be great if I could just, if I had a big in-pile of perfectly scoped work, like, awesome, let me just take things from my in-pile and produce the work and then put them in my out-pile. But my skills extend beyond that. And I, I, I get a better sense now of why that is, of why I feel that ownership but then on the flip side of that, it's like, all right, now that I have underst- now that I understand the problem to some degree, now how do I go about fighting back against that, recognizing, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this, a fire's burning, you got to go, like it, you, you did your 25 hours a week, like what more can you do? So uh, I've been trying to work a bit more on my communication of just setting expectations, first of all, with some of my coworkers to say things like, look, I know you need me for X and Y, uh, we have to cap these meetings at half an hour, one hour to make sure that we, uh, that, you know, that you have what you need. You have the, the minimum for what you need in order to continue or configure the rest without me. So that's been one step. And then, yeah, the expectation part of just saying to someone like, Hey, I'm going to be coming in at 1231 and that's when you'll see me. And if you need me for something else, we have to over communicate. Like you can't expect that I'm going to answer you at any time. And really that's a boundary that, that I've always failed to put down or just struggled with. It's difficult to tell people not no, but you know, to not feel like part of the team <laughs> I'll say, because <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely am very attuned to the 40 hour week, the nine to five of having an expectation that people are around at all times. Like, Oh, Hey, I have a question and I'm blocked if I don't get an answered. And to know that somebody isn't there, the person I need's not there. Like that's weird. That's still very weird to me. So yeah, it's, uh, so in all my momentum was terrible, but I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. And maybe more importantly, I'm working on the underlying the, the underlying pieces to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So on the NFT bot, I don't have much to update, uh, except we need to talk about N-Groc. Um
1: Ngrok? Ngrok. Have you heard of Ngrok before? Oh yeah, the letter N. N-Groc. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the tool that like uh, if you've never heard of it, you uh, they run like a tunnel, so you can run uh, you can run ngrok locally and point it to a port on your computer, and it'll forward any port you want externally to your local machine, uh, so you can bypass firewalls, um, any other application or um, hardware that prevents outgoing, outgoing connections. So you can do things like integrate with Slack or in, you know run any integrations at all. And for some reason, well. I feel like a cheap son of a bitch, basically. like It's like, dude, pay for this. So, okay, okay, sorry. Every time you run ngrok, you're given a, you're given a URL. It's, you know, a uuid.ngrok.com or whatever, and then it forwards it to you. If you kill that running process, or if it loses connection with its outgoing host, you have to restart it, and you get a new host name. Right. And the only way to not get a new host name is to buy, to buy a license and have it work. But it's kind of brutal. It's like 200 bucks a year or 25 bucks a month. If you want to, if you want that capability. And like, I would argue, so I was looking at their pricing and I was like, man, don't be so fucking cheap. Like just spend the money. Come on. But I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I was like, man, 25 bucks a month to get a, a persistent host name. Cause what I want is a persistent host name. Um with right. the, working on a Slack integration, like I have to go into the stupid Slack console every time and be like, oh, got a new host name. And I have to update. I have a I have a browser window that is all the different pages in Slack so, <laughs> in the Slack admin panel. So I can be like, all right, this page change the URL. This page change the URL. Um I'm like, man, just pay the just pay the fuck money. Like, what's your problem? But seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, like, ugh. And I realized like, man, 25 bucks a month feels expensive for a tool like that. Um, so I was looking around for like open source alternatives and things like that and just like, Oh, I wonder if this is like a savvy cow kind of thing of just like compete on one feature and just like race to the bottom it or, (laughs) yeah, I mean, not that I want to necessarily be in a race to the bottom, but looking at something like this, I'm like, man, like this would be so much easier to, if you could figure out how to do this at scale. And it's like, just do it, just compete with Ngrok on this one feature and just like, see if you can make, if you can make money that way. Anyway, it was interesting it's
1: interesting to think through. But you convinced your boss to buy it?
0: <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't no? buy uh, I I didn't buy it. I was like I'll I'll deal with it. like I think I got distracted and was like oh well 25 bucks a month. Oh, I'm busy. I'll come back later.
1: Oh, yeah. Cuz my reaction is like 25 bucks is nothing for like a dev tool.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, especially cuz it solves such a critical problem of just like every time you fucking do this, like just you have to reconfigure this URL. Like just buy the thing. Yeah, No yeah seriously so yeah, you can pay up front and get like get it for 200 bucks a year or something like that but even that I, it's so funny to think like that one time like they, they have so many features and stuff like that in the in the pro plan that I don't even understand
1: <laughs> like oh, okay
0: <laughs> the features are yeah and like there is an enterprise version that's uh, again more expensive but even in the like the pro plan is the first non- free tier that supports custom domains or fixed domains and it's like God, I just like I don't I don't know what any of this is like. What is what is load balancing? What are people using this for? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it it just seems like it's become so bloated. Or I mean, I don't know. Like, what do I know? I'm just using it for for one specific case. I just found it funny that like to justify <laughs> to justify the paying that price, they have to like bolt on a bunch of stuff that I wonder if people are actually even using.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I misunderstood. I thought you were using this for. For the NFT project? Uh, only for local no, development. You're just using it for the, your side project? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, then I agree. 25 bucks. It's like, oh, it seems like a lot for, mm. even though you'd probably only be using it for a few months. Yeah. So, yeah, I,
0: I find it kind of interesting that like, um that I that I choked, that I was like, oh, man, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying this. <laughs> like, the. <ugh. laughs> But I mean, like, I, I think I probably still will. Um, I'll probably still just pay for it for a month or two while I figure out the develop, while I get the development done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, of course, like a typical indie hacker, you started thinking, this could be a product. And yeah. I'm <laughs> scratching my own itch. Exactly. I'm going to spend five months building this. <laughs> exactly.
0: Now you get it. But yeah, it, yep. it is interesting to think about something like
1: that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I that's what I mean when I, when I say I have no problems coming up with new ideas. Like Mm. it's like you see problems every day, all the time, everywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My, uh, my list of (laughs) my list of things has definitely been growing because like, I don't know, especially working remotely. Now I've got a bunch more troubles and things I've seen that could be done better or more cleanly from working remotely, working asynchronously, just, you know, people with different schedules and everything else. So it's been, yeah, like yeah, and then on top of that, like building in the Web3 world, now it's like, oh, you need wallet auth for everything. So it's like, oh, that has a million and one problems with it. Like, yeah, it's it's so interesting.
1: Yeah. But yeah, going back to the async stuff, like it's true that we see it all the time. Everyone's saying this is the future. It's async and it's yeah. remote. And, yeah. But uh, it's easier said than done, right? Like
0: Jesus. Like I think like my experience so far has been it is not Well, okay. thinking about my my network, it's like I know so many awesome technical people that are like, all I want to do is write code. I don't want to sit down and understand the whole product of this and that. Like, I just want an inbox of shit to work on. And like, hey, that's okay. that's one part of the puzzle. But then like making sure that they have full inboxes of work that they understand, that's well scoped out with a clear definition of done that they can then like contribute back with. Like, that's really hard that's a that's a full-time job depending on how many developers you have acting as a product manager project manager like that's definitely how i've been spending a lot of my time lately just making sure that all the people around me are unblocked they have what they need the code that they're merging is correct like i'm spending a fair amount of time on code review but like and then doing that and being like okay well how urgent is this task that they have for me are they away for the next few days? Are they? When do they work? What, like, <laughs> and do I need to review this at the the beginning of the day because they're working an opposite schedule from me? Like, there's there's so many factors that go into like prioritizing your own work because now it's not like oh I have this block this inbox of stuff. It's like yeah, but when is this person going to be back? Like maybe this can fall to next week. Like yeah, there's right. Uh. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and is this is this blocking? Like, do they have other stuff that can be working on if they're blocked on this? Mm. Um, and then, is it? Are they really blocked? Like, because I, I know some people are quick to ask questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have two teenagers, so you know, <laughs> where, where's the catch-up? It's like, um, did you check the fridge? <laughs> did you Google it? <laughs> I don't know. Try TikTok. Maybe it's there, (laughs) you know? So yeah. if you have like developers that are really quick to ask questions, like how do I do that? Uh, did you Google it? (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's yeah. That's another one that I, I was realizing recently. It's, it's been a while since I've been working next to constantly onboarding developers and like dealing with questions and realizing like, Wow this person asks a lot of questions and doesn't really investigate much this person asks absolutely no questions and spins their wheels for
1: right or yeah that's the other problem
0: for days on something that they should have piped up about so i've I'm definitely finding myself way more forgiving to people who ask questions and like trying to create a uh, an environment where questions can be asked
1: yeah I get that because the opposite is is even worse like the question just is. they're just stuck and they're but they're not asking a simple question to get unstuck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And without like a daily standup or some kind of status report to, so that, cause I mean, that's really the problem if you're trying to figure out how to make sure this person is unblocked or, or is not blocked, then like the only way you can know is if they tell you. So yeah, you're either waiting for them to tell you or you have a daily standup or, or, or somebody like a mentor or a, somebody who can, yeah, kind of keep a pulse on that person.
1: But that's the thing that, that could be done async. Right, like, are stand-up meetings really necessary to be? No, to be real-time. Like, can't you use Zip Message, let's say, for for your daily or weekly stand-up? I think so.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm maybe this is like controversial, but I'm a very anti-stand-up person. I don't like (laughs) stand-up because, like, in my experience, most of the time, stand-up is for the person who's managing the project or who's running the project, not for the developers in it. So. Like the number of times I've been like, "Oh, I'm struggling with this," and someone's been like, "Oh, I struggle with that same thing, and I can help you." If that's happened twice in my <laughs> career, then then I'd be surprised. <laughs> most of the time, the only like everyone's asleep, even though we're standing up, everyone's like looking at their yeah, yeah, fingernails yeah. or whatever um, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, until <laughs> no no
1: what what are you talking about, Matt? We're agile? you're like. Um, like you know, we're like, we're doing a scrum and a sprint and, uh, but uh, let's do a stand up so I can update my GAT chart. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm super against standups. I don't enjoy them. Um, I've never enjoyed them. I think they're, yeah, like the only time they're useful is when I'm running the project and I'm like, great, <laughs> this is all highly relevant to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I just, I, I, yeah, I want to be able to, I like the idea of being async. And, but maybe like, you know, having people, maybe watching some people more closely than others. So maybe in the beginning, mm. it's like, oh, you're a developer. You haven't even been here a month. Maybe you can give us daily updates and we can help you get unstuck when you need it. Um, and then until you learn the ropes and then take it from there. But yeah. Yeah. It's super hard. Like, yeah, onboarding so many developers, uh, like, I don't know, these last like three months, I'm getting reacquainted with the pain with the pain of what it takes to come on and be functional. And like also too, like the level of seniority, like when you onboard a very senior person who's like, yep, I've, I've seen all these patterns before. I know what I need access to. I know all the familiar smells of a new code base and what I need to learn and know in order to thrive in it and what I need to tell and update people and how things need to be structured. Like you're like, when those people come into your project, you're like, Oh, thank God. Like I'm really dealing with a professional. Right. Yeah, man. Async. It's fucking brutal. Like I'm sure you could do it, but you need a person who's like the master of who's like the master coordinator who can figure out all of that stuff for you and make sure that everybody's getting what they need. Cause yeah, geez, if you're new to it, like I'm, I'm definitely struggling to make sure everybody has what they need.
1: That's sounds like, sounds like a new job title. Yeah. Async coordinator. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, cause each, each individual like example, you, you can find an async solution for it, right? Mm. Like stand up meetings, ah, oh, just replace it with zip message. Um, but, but then like if you're going to end up with what a hundred different like systems that are, that are async and how do they all like work together? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like,
0: I, I think it makes, I, for me, I think the big one is having a source of truth. And I think like having your project management software be your source of truth, um, And I'm not even like, I'm not even a huge, huge fan of something like, like a wiki, like confluence or notion or anything like that. Like it's, they're fine. Um, They just tend to fall out of date so quickly that like they're useful for the life of the task and then they're not useful anymore. So as long as everything is searchable, then at least you it'll get you like half it'll it'll help you squeeze the amount of juice that you can possibly squeeze cuz like yeah keeping that dog keeping documentation up to date is just just not worth it most of the time.
1: Right. And also doing too much documentation up front so that the developer can start working and not have to ask you any questions that also can be overdone, right? Totally. So you end up over documenting everything and really most of it would be just common sense for for a senior developer. Exactly.
0: So yeah, like Really for me, it's just like having everything in a project management tool, having things broken down so that it's super clear of like what each task was meant to do. But even then, like I've definitely been seeing that, you know, it's one thing to look at project management and say, this tool has everything I need in it or everything I need to talk about in it versus the goal is clear. Because like if you don't understand the goal of the project or the sprint or the milestone or whatever, then nothing within the, within the um, project management tool even makes sense really. But like, I love doing, I just, I've always enjoyed doing in-person onboardings. Like I'm a, I'm an opera, operations guy. I don't know what to, how to say that, but like, I like understanding the system holistically. So um, it's like when I left my old job, um, I got really good feedback once that uh, everybody, all new employees would go through my onboarding. So I would introduce them to the entire system and I would talk for, it got longer and longer, but I would talk for like two and a half hours. So it was way too much information, but I could like break the system into like smaller subcomponents just so that it was consumable and then break it down further. And then eventually I think it's, it was recorded and I think new people still watch it. Um, Really? Yeah. And (laughs) I've been gone for like over a year, but it's pretty interesting that like, I've always enjoyed doing that. So like talking about the product and where we want to take it. And I've fallen into that with, with the, with this freelancing client too. Like when new people come on, it's like, all right, I sit them down and we walk through all the, all the screens and I tell them like, this is what it is. And this is what the, this is what the model looks like. And this is how entities get created. And this is like the life cycle of a game of a player of these different things. It's kind of always been my, it's almost like telling a story, hmm. but yeah, I definitely just, I trust in prod in the project management tool and everything else just feels ancillary and if you, and just be getting good at knowing when to ask questions and when to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a real, (laughs) it's been a, it's been refreshing to, to get another dose of this and remember what it's like to be in an organization that's growing and more. Yeah. Like how do you communicate well? Yeah. So that's really been my week. I have, uh, I got access to Dolly. So maybe we want to talk about that, but how was your week? Like what did we, before we dig into that stuff, what what have you been up to?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the week before I was camping, that was great. It was it makes all the difference when everyone's in a good mood. Oh, yeah, you think <laughs> yeah, with, with <laughs> teenagers? Mm. But yeah, everyone was really in a great mood. Awesome. And it was only four days, and my son even said, "Hey, we could have stayed a few more days," which, which is a sign that it was a success. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had we had a great time. It was really relaxing. Oh. Um, I used like a I use a text expander on my computer. Yeah. to Like. To be able to answer emails really quickly, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions that I answer always the same way. So, mm-hmm. so that I f- for the first time I felt the pain while camping. Like I, I bring my laptop, but it, I f- I just bring it as an emergency in case I need to log into my server. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I do everything on my phone. Just answer emails, and you know, or I can even log into Stripe or do anything that anyone asks. But mm-hmm. but now like it, I'm getting enough. Support emails each day that it was a little painful that I didn't have my text expander, <laughs> right? So like, I I use the the text the speech to text, okay, of the Android phone, right? So like that, that makes it easier to like dictate some of the emails, but yeah, it was like okay, I, I can understand now why you might want to hire a, a VA to do to do this, <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, of course, a lot of it should be. You know, automated, and there should be a knowledge base, and mm. but but that's never perfect, and that that's going to take me a long time to set up. So mm-hmm. the VA is starting to sound really attractive. Like, Yeah, get someone to that can answer these emails, and basically a, an AI, except you know, instead of hey, A, <laughs> it's real.
0: <laughs> if only there was some kind of
1: intelligence there, <laughs> exactly that if I can could... be had access to general intelligence.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not even, yeah, some kind of generalized (laughs) intelligence.
1: So, yeah, I've been thinking more about that. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe I could use some help. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I have this side project, right, that I'm, that I'm trying to work on, but uh, that also I'm starting to see like yeah, maybe I could use some help. Like, I mean, I won't, I'm, I'm limiting myself like artificially to two hours a day, Mm -hmm. but like, for one day last week I spent that two hours like just making an illustration for my landing page. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, wait a second. Like I I mean, okay, I understand this is like this this is like a side project. It's it's an opportunity for me to have fun. And actually I actually like making illustrations. Yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> but I was like, come on, like I could have just paid someone on Fiverr to make this illustration and yeah and moved on, like, you know, work on something that's harder to outsource on Fiverr, like, like really good, compelling copy. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's like, is that cheating, you know, for this, for this challenge, this, this side project challenge to pay, to spend money to like, to accelerate it? No,
0: I think, I, I don't (laughs) think that's cheating at all.
1: Oh, okay. No.
0: Well, okay. Let's, let's put some bounds on that. I think that like, a good example of something you could totally pay some money to do would be like to buy some AdWords and buy some traffic and see if you can get people to like sign up on your thing. That's one thing. But even then, how much would you realistically want to spend on a test like that? Like, are you going to blow like 20 K? Like probably not like all the tests I've ever heard people like this run. Like if they spent more than 500 bucks, I'm kind of like, Whoa, like what were you doing? Like how, like what were you trying to do? Like I usually hear something in like the two to four hundred at most range of right. of acquiring traffic, so like what are you gonna spend on an illustration like thirty forty bucks, maybe fuck it, like that's oh, yeah.
1: no, you're right, no you're right I, I just you know like you always hear these voices right like mm-hmm. that are saying, oh, you're cheating, you're spending money, and you mm-hmm. like yeah, well, of course, if I had a thousand bucks to spend i'd but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe I should. I should outsource those things.
0: Well, I mean, even still, like, even if you did, like, this might sound silly, but, like, even if you're like, hey, yeah, I could have, like, drawn this myself, Uh, it would have been crappy, but I just paid somebody on Fiverr, and even if you spent $100, you're like, yeah, but, like, the image, all that matters is that the image conveys something. Like, it's not like I paid Banksy to, like, make an image for me, like... <laughs> You know, like well, you. I don't
1: need Banksy. I have Dali.
0: <laughs> oh exact oh yes, very true. Very true. So yeah, like, you know, who cares? It you know, it's 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 a throw like it's a throwaway. It's fine. It yeah.
1: what matters no, is you have right.
0: an image conveying something.
1: But yeah, so like I'm so yeah, I'm still still working on the landing page. The illustration, the the copy. Uh, I'm still not sure like if I'm gonna like dog food my mm-hmm. my product because I I've been working also like on the architecture of my proof of concept for this new, this new secret service that I'm going to offer. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I could even use it on the landing page, like to like, you know, dog food it. Okay. So, but then, okay, that's going to be a lot more work. So yeah,
0: I was just going to say, is it important that it's dog fooded or what does that demonstrate?
1: Well, it would just, it would, it would offer like a live demo of what the service is. Okay. So like, like it could be useful. It's not necessary. It okay. just, it'd be like a nice to have. Mm. And it was, it was especially during the period where I was cold emailing people and not getting answers. So I'm just yes. like waiting. Mm. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do a bit of the architecture for the proof of concept. So like I've been right. researching different technologies I can use for it. Right. And then it's like, oh, I found a pretty simple proof of concept. I could use it, you know on On the landing page, so like I'd be dog fooding my own solution mm-hmm. yeah, so that's where the idea came from but but I'm still far from having a full fully functional service that I could actually dog food right mm-hmm. so mostly, I'm trying to finish the copy and the illustrations on the landing page okay <clears throat> did you um so
0: last time we talked? You had sent a bunch of cold emails, but you didn't really get any responses. But that could also have to do with uh, vacation. You know, it's summertime. Um, did yeah. you get any response? Any more responses? Did you do any more follow-ups?
1: I did. I did send a batch. I don't remember exactly. Like, like in total, I've I've emailed fifteen different businesses. Okay. And I got like four responses. So it's like twenty-seven okay. percent.
0: That's pretty good for a cold email.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad, but. Um, Like I really feel like it's it's like summertime, like right, like it's it's as slow as molasses, like sure. Uh, So I did send like maybe three weeks later, I sent a follow up Mm -hmm. to uh, a subset of the people I had contacted, okay, to just say you know hey, just following up, and and I got zero responses from that follow up, okay. So yeah, so at that point I'm like okay, it's still I mean it was still summer when I sent it, so. I'm feeling, okay, like either the cold emailing is just not going to work for this site project mm-hmm. or um, it's just the timing was horrible. Like doing this sure. in the summer was was a horrible idea. And <clears throat> So that's why I moved on to the landing page because I'm hoping there are people out there that are actively looking for a solution. Yeah. So if I can start have the landing page and put it out there, that I can start capturing leads. And hopefully yeah. those people are more motivated and... I could talk to them on the phone. Totally. Cool.
0: Yeah, because you had mentioned before, like, education
1: was something that you didn't yes. think about. Yeah, that's it. Of the four people that, that did reply to my initial email, mm-hmm. two of them, um, I was able to have a back and forth with. One of them, I ended into a phone call. Okay. Um, but the other one, I, I sort of had to educate about the problem that okay. I was solving. Like, they didn't fully understand what the problem was. They didn't even know they were they had it. Okay. They thought it didn't affect them. And like, you know, like, so that kind of education where it's like, well, no, actually it does affect you. And so that's when I decided, well, you know, I could just put all this information on the landing page. Yeah. And then I can put it out there and hopefully it, it educates more people. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, yeah, that's more of the approach I took with Power Importer. Like not, not the education problem. Like there I didn't have to educate anyone that doing it was Zapier was really complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone knew that. Well, building these syncs with Zapier was really hard, but uh, yeah, that's what it was. It was just a landing page, and I shared it in a few places, and people were just signing up for the waiting list. Like, yeah, I want to try this now. Okay, so I'm hoping that's that's how it's gonna go with this side project. Sweet. Yeah. So I mean, I got I got one illustration done. <laughs> so so I don't know. Like, do I need do I need more? Do I need to hire someone to make the other ones? I'm not sure. I'm hoping. I can find a template and a lot of stock photography or illustrations might, might do. Right. But I just needed that one, like above the fold illustration that sort of like clearly explains the problem. Yeah. So for people who don't read.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about Dali. I think you also have access to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I got, I got access last week or the week before. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. Like it's, it's amazing.
0: It's so cool. Like I, uh, I got it. Um, I was watching TV with my wife and we were getting ready to go to bed and I looked at my phone and it was like, you've been given access to Dali. And I was like, hold the phone. We got to play with this. And my wife is like, I'm tired. Like go to sleep. I'm like, no, no, no. Like give me a prompt. And like, I would, uh, so we were, we spent like 40 minutes just like playing around with this thing. God, it's fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like
1: I, like, I remember when, when Deep Blue beat Kasparov at chess. Right. Like, I was, I was really, you because know, I, I love chess and I was like, wow, like, this is a huge milestone. Like, but then as the years pass, you realize, well, you know, it's just chess. Like, <laughs> it's just a big, it's just a big space search. Like, you just have to, like, mm-hmm. do it better than a human and, and deeper than a human. Yeah, so you can search deeper into space, and you you'll find the better solution like faster, and you'll always be like ten steps ahead of the human. Yeah, you know. And then they did it with AlphaGo. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't I don't play Go, when I've never played, so I, I couldn't appreciate as much. But mm-hmm. I believed what people said that the search space was even bigger for AlphaGo for a Go. I mean, so yeah, that was impressive. But Dalí, it's like I thought art was the last thing like that that only humans could do that AI wouldn't be able to do. You
0: were wrong.
1: <laughs> I was wrong. Like it just, it's amazing what it comes up with.
0: Yeah. Like it, it knows what a dog is like. Yeah. Like I, I think what some of my first prompts were like, Oh, a portrait of a dog lay, uh, laying on a beach. The beach is made of medium sized rocks and there is a moderate amount of driftwood. And it's like, here you go, Matt. Matt, <laughs> And, it, really? and I, I don't even think I put dog, I put golden doodle and it like, okay. it got it. I was mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe that it's even
1: possible. I know. Yeah. Like that's it. When I got access, my idea was like, all right, I want to build like a plugin for WordPress, uh, for, for Webflow. So like, as you're designing your landing page, you know, you could just say, all right, I want, I want an image of this that goes here. Right. Yeah. And then as you continue like working on your your HTML Dali comes up and with like some images to plug there in your, in your layout. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen things like that on like convert kit, for example, you can be like, Oh, I'm building this because a convert kit has a landing page creator and you can be like, Oh, I I need a background image and you can go to like unsplash and unsplash. will show you, will get you stuff. Um, But yeah, like it's perfect, right? Like, Oh yeah, of course I, of course I'm making dog ramps. So I'm gonna find like a I mean I need a cartoon image of a dog climbing a ramp into a bed or onto a couch or something I don't know right exactly <laughs> like, why That's not it.
1: it's yeah it's good. I mean I find stock photography and Unsplash, uh, UnDraw right mm-hmm. Th- those things are they're getting a little repetitive like you're seeing them everywhere you recognize the the actors in Unsplash <laughs> uh, Unsplash right or yeah you know at least we don't have the horrible stock photography of like. 10 years ago where everyone yeah. was using the exact yeah. same thing. Those damn corporate teams that the lady with the headset on answering your call. <laughs> you Got to love
0: woman laughing with salad. That's my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say it's very funny. I, I don't know if you've noticed it, but um, occasionally I see she's one of the, I think she's the first portrait in a lot of the tailwind pre-built. Uh, components. Uh, okay. I, she's like, it's like a lady with dark hair and like bright red lipstick. And she, I think she's wearing like a red top or something. And she's like smiling, laughing. And I see her everywhere. Right. Like, <laughs> like, Oh, there's a tailwind theme. Got it. Yep. There's a pre will component.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Right. It gets, it gets stale. Like you, you, you just see those images and like, I just don't see them anymore. Like yep. they, they just... If you go on, if I go on a site, your typical landing page, landing page for a SaaS, and they're using UnDraw, it's like I just don't see those illustrations. I just like scroll by and I don't sure. even look at them. And totally. So if you could instead like have Dali generate <laughs> unique things just for your page,
0: yeah, that'd be pretty wild.
1: Yeah, like the only problem that I encountered is consistency is hard. Yeah. So you know, if I'm creating a long landing page and I need five images, like you know, they need to to be consistent. The the art the the style of all five, right? Yeah. So that means you you'd you'd have to tell Dali like a style. So maybe like if you're saying oh, i doing the style of Van Gogh paintings, well mm-hmm. then okay, then it'll be consistent. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be very unusual. See, <laughs> landing page images in Van Gogh style.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can do things like I haven't, I haven't worked too much with the prompts, like being able to say like, here's a seed image. I want you to use this to like generate more, but it'd be pretty interesting to be like, all right, I want photographs of all of like Banksy's work and I want to seed all of that and then be like, all right, now show me a dog on a beach in the Banksy style or something. I like, I wonder if you can actually kind of tweak the input to get that kind of output.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, Yeah. The prompts are, I mean, it's an art like figuring out the prompts to write, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Like that was one of the things that I figured out. So, um, there's a style of art I really like called point a list where like, yeah, yeah, it's like made up of dots. Like it's like, it would be like a big portrait, but yeah, everything is made up of dots. Um, but Dolly doesn't know what that means. You have to give it a um, you have to give it an artist. So like, okay. So like in some of their prompts, they say, "Oh, give me like a Matisse painting of like a robot playing chess." So in this case, it would be like, "Give me a Signac painting in a in the okay. style of this." Um, yeah, which is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. The, cause yeah. Because what my the other problem I encountered is when you when you want to make illustrations for a website, mm. you usually you want the illustration to be on the same background color as your website? Oh, yes. Right? So so that becomes problematic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, I'm telling it like, okay, I want the background to be white, but then it it crops it as a square. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, like let's say it's a little cartoon character I asked it to generate. Well, it likes, likes to crop it like a nice photo, but it might crop its head, right? Like squarely, oh. right? So then it looks horrible when you put it on a white background. It's like, sure. Uh, so then you got... I've tried to like say, you know, frame it with white space, or put lots of spacing, or the camera is uh, three meters away, <laughs> like mm-hmm. any trick like that, so that it's in oh. the center. It's it's hard, like it. So did that, that's that's did one that work? of the for some like you can say like white background, um, lots of white space, like it works. Like well, of the four images that it generates, like maybe two of them or three of them will will have followed that guideline. Okay. But yeah, but um, I think that was my biggest problem. Like, let's say I wanted to be able to have a a plugin that generates, you know, like vector illustrations like art. Mm -hmm. Of course, they wouldn't be vectors, but they'd be in in that style. Right. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to make sure that nothing is cropped. Like, it's all on a white background. It's not cropped but uh, I haven't found it uh, anyways. I mean I'm mostly just playing with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I it's, it's a, like, the power of it's incredible. Like, yeah, the yeah, the um, I think my the stuff I've been most pleased with are like the 3D renders. Yeah. Like I I asked it for a 3D render of like some Air Jordans stylized with graffiti and gold and purple and it came out with some like really cool looking sneakers. Um <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, but I mean, can can you imagine what what would you use it for every month for, like, your your 15 free credits?
0: Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, what could we... Yeah, I mean, I'm just... For me, it was all, like, assets. Like, what could I... Like, what's an asset that I could get it to generate for, like, Twitter avatars or something like that? Memes, maybe, but...
1: Yeah, like, that's it. I mean, that's why I picked, like, an idea for, like, okay, a a Webflow plugin that generates, Mm -hmm. like, stock illustrations. So then it... You know, it's like a forcing function. It forces me to like find how do you make Delhi do what you want? And, yeah. But otherwise, like myself, like, yeah, it makes really cool art, but I don't yeah. know when I need art. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. yeah. When, when do I need art? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. My Both my brother and my father are artists. So if I need art, <laughs> I can get free art.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. One thing I haven't tried to do it is like logo generation. Right. Maybe there's, maybe it can produce some like half decent, like, like, I don't know, interesting images like that.
1: Yeah, I did. I did try a little bit, but then I, I didn't pursue it deeper because again, logos, you have that same problem where you don't want it to be cropped.
0: Mm.
1: Like you you want it to be surrounded by, by a solid color that you can erase, turn into a transparency. But I'm sure... If you played around with the prompts, like you could tell it, you know, to use solid colors, not not doing any shading or fades. Or...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Too cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's the, it's amazing. Like that that and self driving cars, pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Word.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah. Yesterday was stressful. Like Stripe was down for like.
0: Five, eight hours. Oh my God. Okay, so I saw that, but but it wasn't like Stripe, Stripe, was it? It was like something about their taxes or was it actually Stripe?
1: Well, I mean, at first they were being vague, like, oh, some API calls are failing. Um, And I, in my uh, notifications, like I had received this weird notification, like someone had an error on my server when they were trying to load up their subscription. Like I could see in the URL, something was null. It was like, um that should never be null. Like unless the person like physically changed the URL <laughs> and then did re, like reload. Yeah. Like that should never be null. That should that's populated by the API. So that's what that's what told me that maybe something's wrong. And I started investigating. But then I saw on their status page then, yeah, some of the API calls are failing. But then eventually they figured out what it was. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh if you have the automatic tax like service enabled. So that's where where Stripe will calculate the tax based on the address that the the customer enters. If you had that activated, then those were failing like 100% of the time. I don't know oh, wow. why they were saying some API calls are failing. Like, no, no, they were all failing 100% of the time. Come on, guys, I can be honest. <laughs> so yeah, so so then eventually, of course, after a few hours, I got an email from a customer saying, hey, I'm trying to to like, renew my subscription you know like upgrade my my plan like i and it's giving me an error so it's like oh shit (laughs) and unfortunately like i don't have a way right now to like to give people free accounts or to bypass stripe okay i I just really tightly binded it with with the stripe models so like no there's no way for me to to like give you access to the service without you Paying for it, <laughs> so yeah. That was, so, but in the end, they were they were understandable. Like this, okay. Well, I told them like I'm sure it's gonna be fixed by tomorrow. Like, is that too late? You know, like, and they were saying, "Oh no, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay." Damn. But uh, yeah, that was that was stressful. Talk about platform risk, right? What, man, Jesus. Every, like, everyone's <laughs> been telling me, oh, watch out for platform risk. What if Webflow shuts you down? Yeah. Like, all yeah? you have
0: to <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> all you have to do is start a payment provider.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's so easy, man. Just get your own merchant account. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, my God. The fuck. Yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. So, in the end, my... my platform risk was not webflow it was stripe
0: yeah there you go damn god i'm so glad i don't work for a payment company oh man it makes me like physically <laughs> ill to think like oh yeah like your service is rejecting every single call it's like a null pointer exception is blocking prod and you're like oh, oh
1: god like <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was it was a disaster <laughs> like, yeah like i just i was amazed that it took that long to fix it and then, like, if you went to the the status page for Stripe, mm-hmm. like the next status was like, "Oh, our our contact us by email is not working." <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, what's going on, guys? Like, is the whole company falling apart? Like, or is it because you're getting too many emails from this <laughs> from this problem?
0: <laughs> Turns out the uh, the bottleneck was their SMTP server. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly. But yeah, so yeah, none of my customers could upgrade or subscribe. Um, and I couldn't even turn off automatic tax calculation because that was broken too. <laughs> so there's nothing I could do. Yeah, and so we couldn't email them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. I'm just some sucker sitting here on Twitter. Um Yeah, so the, the taxes the tax calculation would be I guess it would be baked into base baked is it baked into the subscription that you create or like the the product that you would create a subscription for or is it part of the call that you
1: make i am using their their like a customer portal and checkout pages so like the the hosted checkout pages mm-hmm. so when i send the customer there like i have no information about the customer i don't know like i don't know what country they're in what's their billing address like yeah. right all that is on the stripe hosted pages yeah so that's really the only place where you can calculate the tax
0: But that's something you enable, isn't it? Like you tell Stripe, hey, do the tax thing for
1: you. Yeah, exactly. So I tell them to calculate the tax and then I send the customer to their portal and then customer can enter their payment details and then, you know, buy the subscription that they want to buy. Mm -hmm. But um, because otherwise there was no way, you know, I knew is I I don't think I could use their hosted pages. Like I would have to just use their, their elements, like just. Capture the credit card and then yeah, chart. But yeah. I mean that's what I did with my first my first product. And that's how I collected taxes for that one. I would just check the IP address, figure out what country they're in and and add the tax on the subscription. But that's not what I did for Power Importer. <laughs> I thought I was being clever. Hey, why do it? Like they can take care of it all.
0: And we granted they were down for most of a day and you can probably manually handle the customers that are trying to update or whatever. And it now continues to work. So it sucks that it broke, but it has right. saved you the effort up until now, I suppose.
1: I mean, that's it. One customer complained. Who knows how many didn't complain? <laughs> like, like how yeah, many true. could not subscribe and just gave up.
0: Oh, because did you only see that error for that customer? Do you think it was affecting other customers too? But you just didn't know about it? You weren't notified about it?
1: Yeah, that, I mean, no, actually, I, I don't think it was that customer that I saw the error for that, oh, that gave me a hint that something was going on. Uh-oh. But, uh oh. But, I think it's just, that was probably what they were saying by some API calls are failing. I think uh, just at that point when I tried to, to, to create, I don't know, to create a new subscription or something, the API failed. Okay. But really what was failing is when the customer is on the Stripe posted page. Like mm. when they go on it, it would, It would try to load the tax logic and it would fail. And it would fail. So, and those errors will never reach my servers. So I don't know how many people it affected. God damn it. Yeah. So yeah, platform risk. Watch yourself.
0: (laughs) Cool. So that's all I have really. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Nope. That's about it. All right.
0: Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. See you later.